Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Santa H., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is July 31st, the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 76, the third paragraph that begins with, Now We Need More Action. Today's readers are The Twelve Steps, Joanne L., The Twelve Traditions, Kathy F., and reading the literature today are Craig F., Lisa B., and Allison L. The share ID for Sunday, July 30th, 2017, our special edition meeting is 10221. 10221. Two, two, one. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Joanne L. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning, Santa. Good morning, everyone. Joanne L. from Rhode Island recovered. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, 
continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscience contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. In 12, having had a spiritual awakening, as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks for letting me do service this month. I pass. And thank you as well, Joanne L. I will now ask Kathy F. to please read 12 Traditions. Good morning, Kathy F. from Massachusetts, Compulsive Overeater, The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. A loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. And thank you, Kathy F. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share. But we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. 
We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 76, the third paragraph that begins with, now we need more action. And we'll be reading this morning one paragraph only. I will now ask Craig F. to begin reading. This is Craig F., Recovered Compulsive Eater in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, thank you, son. Thank everybody for their service this morning. <clears throat> now we need more action, without which we find that faith without works is dead. Let us look at steps eight and nine. We have a list of all persons we have harmed and to whom we are willing to make amends. We made it when we took inventory. We subjected ourselves to drastic self-appraisal. Now we go out to our fellows and repair the damage done in the past. We attempt to sweep away the debris which has accumulated out of our effort to live on self-will and run the show ourselves. If we haven't the will to do this, we ask until it comes. Remember, it was agreed at the beginning that we would go to any lengths for victory over alcohol or food. Um, so we're at step eight, um, and uh, they're reminding us that he, he's reminding us that we uh, it's an action step that we're ready to go into action. Um, that we have to uh, uh, make a list. Step eight says we made a list of all persons we'd harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Um, and it, the list uh, generally comes out of our uh, our inventory, our fourth. Fifth step inventory, the people we've we've harmed. One of the one of the things that um, has been a tripping point for me in the past has been that um, the the kind of bargaining, um, you know, that uh, oh, I don't really need need to do this, or do I really need to do that person? And and uh, if we're willing to go to any lengths, what we have to do is just put all the the, the ego and the reservation aside and, and, and write out the list. Just put them down. If in doubt, write them down. If, if you think there's a chance you might owe them an amends, get them on the list. Get the list made. And one of the other things that's been a tripping point uh, for me and I know for others has been that uh, uh, I owe an amends, but I feel like they owe an amends. Uh, you know, that... Uh, there was a, a, a mutual uh, hurting that went on, and uh, that that is uh, that's not the point here. The point here is to sweep away my side of the street, and and it, and it can be difficult if I'm still holding a resentment against those people. Uh, but we made a resentment list, and we know who we're holding resentments against, and 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 hopefully we've begun to pray already uh, when we did step five and. We've begun to pray the resentment prayer for those people that that we're still holding a resentment against. To me, that's part of this getting ready. I'm getting ready to make amends um, by uh, forgiving them, by 
because if I go to somebody to make an amends to them and I'm still holding a grudge and, and I'm still uh, upset with them, I'm, I'm very likely to make a sloppy amends. And, and there's nothing worse than having made a sloppy amends. You can't take them back. It's difficult to go back and fix things after you've made a sloppy amends. So it, it, it's, it's best to be clear in your mind. You know, I, uh, I got to deal with what I did. This is about uh, my side of the street. It, it's about cleaning up my past, the wreckage of my past. It says the debris from living my will, my life on self-will, and, uh, and trying to direct the play, uh, trying to uh, be in charge of everything, which in step three we learned was the definition of selfishness, uh, living on self-will and, and trying to direct the play. So the the results of my selfishness have caused uh, all of this this wreckage, and so anyway we prepare we we get ready and we make the list and and hold don't hold anything back because we're willing to go to any lengths um, and you know that willing to go to any lengths uh, means that it's an it's accepting. It's a reminder. Okay, great. Uh, accepting my own, uh, um, ac- accepting my own faults, accepting my own uh, powerlessness. Uh, you know, back in step one, we admitted we were powerless, and so if I don't clean it up, I'm likely to eat again, and I'm likely to to uh, relapse. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. And thank you, Craig F. Now, who would like to comment for approximately three minutes on what was read? Katie G. Kim Boston. Barbara E. Katie G. Katie G. Katie G. Katie Katie G, Lisa B, and Vasa O. Good morning, Matt M. Good morning, Santa. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M, compulsive overeater. Yeah, step eight and nine. They weren't the easiest ones for me because I was as I was making this list of the amends I had to make, I was thinking to myself, damn, these people owe me an amends. Why should I have to go to them first? They should realize what they've done to me, and they should come to me first and tell me that and how sorry they were. Or I was going to make these amends, and I had this weird vision in my head if I was going to make the amends, and then they were going to take my amends. They were going to say, I'm so sorry for everything I've done to you as well, Matt. You know, like like this whole theory and this whole, like, vision of sanity in my head, you know, that I was going to do it. And, um, you know... It was not true. It's not how my imagination was running away with me, and that's not how this went. Most of those amends people did take from me, but some of them people didn't want to be bothered with me, and that was okay, as long as I tried to right my wrong and uh, and do the best I can, you know. And I have to give up all expectations of when I do this process again. I'll be doing it again soon, because I have to let go of all expectations, because expectations are pre they're, they're premeditated resentments. I don't want to have any more resentments. I had enough, more than enough in my lifetime, my share. I know it's not going to be any, that this is a never-ending process. I'm going to be going through this step a couple times, more times in my future. 
But right now, as I take each step as it comes, it's not easy. It's not an easy process, but one that I'm willing to go to any lengths to do. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. And thank you, Matt M. And next we have is Barbara E. Thank you so much. I I feel that I need to make an amends to you, and this is the perfect time to do it, my fellow friends. I have been insecure, wanting to feel smarter than I was, and to achieve that goal, I've been preparing what I was going to say in order to feel better about myself. At one point, I even felt I was arrogant and certainly dishonest by using other people's words as my own. I am absolutely sorry for the harm that I have done you, and I am committed to speaking only from my heart. I'm going to take the cotton out of my ears and stuff it in my mouth and only speak when it comes from my higher power. And to this end, I have to say that when I went to my sponsor and we spent a good four and a half hours together, with her helping me to prepare my ninth step by having me put all my harms to people on little index cards, just the harm and what I was committed to do to change it. For some people, I had maybe 10 or 12 harms all paper clipped together. For others, I had two. For institutions, I had to find a way to give back to them what I had stolen from them in many different ways. So I'm so grateful that we're on step eight because it has relieved me of the harm I felt I was doing to you by not truly listening, by being all focused on me, wanting to feel smarter than I am. I'm just another bozo on the bus. It's not humiliating it's humbling, and I thank you for listening, and I do apologize. Thank you, Barbara E. And next we have is Katie G. Good morning, Santa. May I be heard? Yes. Good morning, everyone. Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Anorexic and Bulimic. Starting my timer, Santa, thank you for your wonderful service. Yeah, so, I mean, a couple things. Um, I did my first round of amends um, nine years ago, and they're not sorry. They're not sorry. This is not me saying sorry. This is about amends. And amend literally means to change my behavior, to repair, to restore the damage, the harm, the mangle. And, you know, I, um, I live in Boston, and I was given very specific instructions I go to my resentment list, I list out the people, I say a prayer, and I identify, I look up the word harm. Who did I harm? And this is about giving back people's reality. And this has nothing to do with my mom's behavior, my dad's behavior, your behavior. It has to do with the destruction that I have done to you. Like if my mom hadn't neglected and abused me, okay, fine, I've moved on. I'm for, I've forgiven that, honestly. If she was June Cleaver, what kind of daughter was I? I was pretty lousy, and it was about going to my mom and saying, hey, mom, I regret the kind of daughter that I was. You deserve somebody different, you know, and um, 
I, if I don't do this, if I don't stop apologizing and start changing my behavior, I will eat. Um, and this has been a transformative process. Um, it's about the indirect amends. Like obviously, there are people that um, I can't. Um, there are people that I can't. Um, sorry, make amends to uh, directly. Like I'm not going to go to the man that I had an affair with. I'm not going to directly. Um, contact him, but there are indirect amends that I can make. And um, what's been so fantastic is learning. Like, don't worry about it if you're afraid. It's simply identifying the harm and then working with your sponsor and other recovered women and men, identifying how to repair the damage. And, you know, this isn't about me feeling good. There were a lot of times that I was like, oh, this is me, and I'm going to have so many great amends, and then I'm going to rush off into No. This is about me doing the right thing. And yeah, you know what, guys? Sometimes I feel good when I make amends. And sometimes people look me in the eye and they say, hey, you know what, Katie? Um, I understand that you have good motives, but uh, you really have no people skills, right? I share that all the time. And um, they give me back the reality. I say, hey, you know what? I was really unkind and inconsiderate. And they say, yeah, you know what? You were. And then I get humbled, right? Because if I don't live in honesty, what's going to happen? Eating's going to be a step up from how I feel about myself. And this is about action. This is about not sitting on any amends. It's about action, action, action. And with that, I do pass. And thank you, Katie G. And next we have is Lisa B. Good morning. This is Lisa B., a grateful recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, I found reading Step 8 in the AA 12 and 12 very helpful. It just seems to describe so well the fears and apprehension and not in my stomach. Uh, Working closely with my sponsor really helped me. I have to remember that this step and, and the ninth step is really about personal relations making those right um, with the direction of my sponsor and guidance of my higher power. And I have to remember that this is a miraculous program. It's not a magical program. It is miraculous, but I need to constantly be taking action. It's all about action. So I'm now listening to people that I have harmed. And a lot of this step has to do with forgiveness, which also is something I really struggled with. I kept looking at, well, what they did, what they did, Even though I did do a very thorough fourth step and fifth step with my sponsor and I was able to see very clearly what my part was, um, I kept looking at what they did. And then as I listed these people, the horror came to me, oh my goodness, I'm now going to need to approach these people. But I needed to stay in the moment and prayer, prayerfully, every day, every day, asking my higher power, please show me how I have harmed these people. Please open my eyes, open my heart, open my ears to hear the truth. You know, I had so many walls of denial. I also have to remember, I'm not recovered at this point. I'm still, you know, yes, an opening was um, achieved doing the fourth and fifth step, but really, I'm still very blocked off. I need to do these steps in order to get unblocked. Step four really goes four through nine. So I'm in the construction process. I really need to have that um, prayer and guidance doing the footwork, even though it feels uncomfortable. 
my stepson was a really difficult one for me to put down on that list, knowing that I was going to need to approach him. My husband was a difficult one. My father, who I stole from, and he died. There was a lot of financial amends I knew I needed to make, and I didn't know how I was going to do it. And I could feel the denial coming up and minimizing. You know, my disease either, my illness, now I'm calling it an illness. That's what the big book calls it. My illness, this illness, you know, exaggerates and it minimizes. It exaggerates what you do and it minimizes what I've done. So um, it's such a vital step. I'm not recovered yet in this part and I need to keep going forward, going forward quickly, quickly. So with that, I pass. And thank you, Lisa B. And good morning to you, Vasa O. Good morning, Santa. Good morning to everyone. And I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive reader, calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And as I heard when I came to the program, the steps are done the way they are done, the way they're laid out one by one. And I remember it was agreed at the beginning we would go to any length to victory over alcohol. And I didn't want to ever go back to the food. So I was willing and ready to do whatever I was suggested to do. And I remember, you know, projecting, oh, my goodness, when we would read the steps, you know, step eight and nine, um, listing the people I had harmed and making amends to them. So my sponsor would say to me, you know what, you're not even there yet. So don't worry and don't think about it, you know. Just listen, you know, you're not there, you're not doing it. And I found a lot of comfort in taking the steps one by one, the way they're laid out. And when I came to step step eight and nine, and was not as scary, you know. And, uh, of course, I had her to guide me through it, and she had done it, and she hadn't died from it, from doing it. And I didn't hear other people dying, you know. And uh, she said to me, uh, just uh, get uh, an index card, three by five, and we'll go back to the to the fourth step and look at the resentments and list the people that you feel like you need to make amends. I mean, I thought I had to make amends to all of them when I reviewed, you know, when we went through them, and it was just amazing. I didn't have to make amends to all of them, you know. I mean, dead people... You know, I could pray for them and ask for forgiveness. And some people I could go face-to-face. Some people I could do it on the phone. But, you know, like it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And I also did make, I had to make amends to myself for the, you know, for the way I was treating myself and the way I harmed myself with the food addiction. And uh, I, I know it's a see it, take, you know, do it do to others, but I also needed to do it for myself, too. And uh, it was just amazing for me. Uh, it was forgiveness. You know, I had a lot of resentment towards the parents, my father, my mother, for what happened as children. I was saying, how could I go make amends to people that had hurt me and harmed me so much as a child, you know? But I did carry that resentment and the anger as an adult, you know, I had chip on my shoulder. And uh, and they did not know for what they didn't know. They did the best that they could. But, yes, there was a lot of harm done. And now I needed to look at the harm that I had done to my children. 
And hopefully when they make amends to me, I mean, I've done some amends, you know, and they'd say, oh, mom, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, well, my daughter's going through therapy and stuff right now. She's finding stuff, probably what happened to her as a child. But anyways, um, I've done in Europe, you know, I'll never see those people. I'm in America, you know. Well, you know, I took a trip when I became, you know, after 25 years in America. I had to face my aunt for stealing food from the barn, you know. And uh, I'll wrap it up. So, you know, God gives us, gives, gave me whatever I need to make amends. And if I haven't made any amends, God will appear those people in my life. Thank you, and I pass. And thank you, Vasa O. And good morning, if you're just joining us. We are in the big book on page 76. We are read and commenting on the third paragraph that begins with, now we need more action. So we'll continue our sharing. Who would like to comment for approximately three minutes on what was read? Nicole P. Melinda R. Melinda Nicole P. I heard. Linda R. R. Amanda R. Thank you. Emma M. I heard an M. What's your first name? Repeat that again, please. Emma M. Emma M. Okay. Melissa C. Lauren E. Lauren E. And I heard, I think I heard Melissa. Yes. Okay. Wonderful. This is who I have. Nicole P. Amanda M. Nima M. Lauren E. Melissa C. Did I miss anyone? Lauren N. Lauren N. Not Lauren E. Okay. All right, thank you. Okay, we'll get started with Nicole P. Good morning. Good morning. Um, This paragraph, wow. Now we need more action without which we find that faith without works is dead. This took me back to when I was in step four. And I always prided myself in um, not taking out my emotions on other people, <laughs> except there's one problem with that statement, pride. And usually when pride is involved, ego is somewhere around. And I would call people, and I, when I looked back and I did my inventory, I saw this once I got on step eight and started writing down this, that I was calling people expecting them to give me answers instead of going to the power that has helped me get through this. And I was trusting finite people to be infinite God. And that isn't fair. It's not people's job to give me the answers. For one, if we all had the answers, we wouldn't be in this program. Um, And we wouldn't be imperfect. And with this, I noticed for me, I would always say, oh, I'm abstinent. And my actions would say otherwise. And usually with my sponsors, when they say I'm asking, I say, okay, I'll let your actions show me whether you're willing to do the work and actually become absent. I just automatically assume because when I came, I, I didn't want to hear what people had to say. I wanted to do my own thing, although my own thing never worked. And with step eight, it was a humbling experience because I had to look back and look at my part. At first, I, I wanted to talk about how other people harmed me. This is what you do, this is what you do. And it's like, no, 
Nicole, what did you do? And one of the things that I did, and I was afraid because I held on such guilt, was my brother um, two years ago, a property that he trusted me to keep for him, it was stolen. And I had a helping hand in that, me and my ex-boyfriend. And I was so sad, like sleepless nights. And I was like, you know what, it's time to make an amends. So I was like, you know what? every two weeks, I'm going to make that amends. And I made my first amends with that on yesterday. And it was weird because it's not like it was a huge amount, but just the action itself of taking responsibility. He just said, thank you, I appreciate it. Rebuilding that that bridge that may have been burned by showing him, no, I, I didn't just it off, it really is important to me to rebuild our relationship, to rebuild our trust. That to me is what this means. I can't just, as the old saying says, walk the walk. <laughs> and talk, well, not talk, talk the talk, but not walk the walk. I was doing a lot of talking, but it wasn't until I started walking through these steps that I started to do the work and I started to see, okay. Ego can't be involved. I have to humble myself and admit Reminder. that. Okay. And admit that it's more to it than just pointing out other people's flaws, but acknowledging my own. And with that, I'll pass. And thank you, Nicole P. And next we have is Amanda. Good morning. It's Amanda R. from Maine. And I wanted to point out um, in, in Step 9, uh, a couple uh, a couple potholes that I nearly fell into but was was thankfully uh helped by a very kind sponsor um, things that I hope maybe if I point them out other people will be will be aware that they're there and and they won't fall into them themselves. I think the first one a lot of us nearly fall into or maybe we do fall into is when we're first in the program and we're we're reading about this uh how it worked maybe we're back in step one and two and we're reading about step nine we're like, oh my gosh that's right like my guilt of what i've done my feelings of shame they're they're keeping me in the food i have to get clean so right in step one or two we we try to make some amends and my advice is don't do it step away from the amends, step back, um, because you're, you got to get steps one through seven in solidly before eight and nine will be effective. And it's likely that um, you'll make some more harm than, than amends, because until we finish one through seven, we aren't really, we can't really understand um, the basis, like it, it's, we just have to build the foundation first and then step nine will be effective. Um, and the other one is um, that in, in the paragraph from today, we go out to our fellows and we repair the damage done in the past. Um, so my amends are, we got to be very, very clear for myself. I was confused and thank goodness my sponsor helped me out in this. I was confused for the difference between what I had done, what I felt bad about, like, for instance, getting myself into a real legal mess and requiring uh, a criminal defense lawyer and my parents had to pay for it, um, 
and so there, there's what I've done. I got myself into the mess, and I was very sorry for that. I was very ashamed, embarrassed, felt really bad about it, but what actual harm had I done? I have to be very clear. What is the damage I did? Because that is what I'm going out to repair. I'm not going out to say, I'm sorry, I feel awkward, um, I really just feel bad about what I did. Of course, I, I mean, that can be part of it, but I have to repair the damage done, which in this case meant figuring out exactly how much my parents had paid for the lawyer and um, paying them back as, as little by little by little as much as I can. So that's the other pothole. And um, I'm sure there's more, but that's what comes to mind this morning. And uh, I'll pass. And thank you, Amanda R. And good morning to you, Sima M. Good morning. This is Sima M. from New Jersey, grateful compulsive overeater living in recovery. Uh, basically, what I just wanted to share is I agree, and this is the way I feel. Most of the amends that I have to make is of changing the way I interact with other people. Uh, because the apologies don't ring true and they don't they don't hold weight. What holds weight is really changing and seeing that um that I'm really not repeating the same thing that I did before and making apologizing sometimes makes the people uncomfortable. And uh that that's in a way causing more harm. So I'm not trying to get out of apologizing. There are times when I can apologize. But for the most part, the harms are the way I interact with my family members and others, and it's changing and not doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So with that, I pass. Thank you for letting me share. And thank you, Sema M. And next we have is Lauren and. Lauren, sorry, Santa. This is Lauren N. I was unmuting. Um, thank you all for for the, your shares. I always get so tongue tied when I finally speak. Um, I got to this step four or five times and wasn't able to make any amends. I guess I wasn't completely willing, so I picked up each time. And the last time I finally got it, and I made amends. And the difference has been so incredible. Yesterday I had lunch or brunch with a friend that I had made amends with when I went through my ninth step and I was so worried about seeing her for the first time after years of not seeing her. And you know what? I had no business being worried about what she thought of me. It was all about how I was going to be of service to her.
I wanted to gossip and I wanted to trash her because that's the way I usually do it afterwards, after I left her. But I realized that I couldn't do that anymore. That is not the way I am anymore. And thank God for this program. I was able to pick up the phone and call people and listen to the recording from yesterday in order to get myself out of that and not to be selfish and not to be dishonest. And thank you all for this program. I don't do it perfectly. But yesterday, I did it better than I ever would have done in the past. And I thank you for that. I pass. And thank you, Lauren N. Good morning, Melissa C. Hi, good morning. It's Melissa C. Uh, are you able to hear me? Yes, I can. Hi, good morning, Santa. I'm just going to set my timer. Um, <clears throat> it's Melissa C. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. And, um, you know, so, like, if I don't have the will, you know, um, I ask until it comes. And, um, you know, it's like willing and wanting are two different things because I don't I don't want to do this. Like, that's been my experience. Um, I don't want to do this, but I've decided, you know, I'm done operating on what I want. Um, that's my self-will. So today I do what I need to do because I've agreed to go to any lengths for victory over food. And that's, you know, that's the willing. Am I willing to put my recovery above everything else, above what I want. And, you know, so for me, this is like where I'm prompted to look at step one. Like step one for me is like over and over and over again. I am a compulsive overeater. My life is unmanageable. And this is why I am required to do certain things. You know, if if I begin like entertaining any thoughts, um, what other people have done to me, because I do that. Like, I can pray all I want. Okay, God, please remove the resentment. You know, help me so that I'm no longer sore at these people. But, um, you know, sometimes they, they still creep in. Those those thoughts still creep in. And one thing that, that kind of helps me, um, yes, it's, it's, of course, it's the sick man's prayer. But it's also on my reflecting on step one, you know, my step one truth. I have this. This is my disease. Um, you know, I sort of, I, I often, like, for me, I put my disease um, in understandable terms, this illness. I think of it like a cancer, and which means, like, if I had this cancer, I have cancer, um, I, I have to do certain things, you know. Never mind what other people have to do. Like, if you don't have cancer, you don't have to make a trip to a hospital weekly, go for chemo. If you don't have, um, uh, you know, diabetes, you don't have to prepare insulin for yourself. What I have is just as serious. It's, it's, it's an illness, this disease of compulsive overeating. I'm the one who has it. I'm the one who needs a treatment plan. This is part of my treatment plan, and I decided – you know, when I engaged on this, that I wasn't going to um, decide any longer if I needed to follow certain parts of the treatment plan or not. 
I've done that in the past, and um, and that's where relapse has has occurred. When I decide, well, this part isn't really so important for me. I don't really need to do this part. Um, you know, the food starts looking like a great idea, and, and then I'm operating on what I want. And so, um, you know, if we agree to go to any lengths for victory over this, we just do it. And um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. And thank you, Melissa C. And who else would like to comment for approximately three minutes on what was read? Joanne L. Joanne L. Jackie B. Jackie B. Anyone else? Marie V. I got the last name V. What's the first name? Marie. Marie V. Anyone else? Okay. I have Joanne L., Jackie B., and Marie V. I didn't get the name. Okay. Well, we'll begin. Okay, Joanne L., go right ahead. Hi. Good morning again, Santa. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, everybody, for your shares. Joanne L. from Rhode Island Recovered. I just wanted to share my experience with this step. And um, the very first line, it says, we, now we need more action, without which we find that faith without works is dead. Well, you know, you can have all the faith in the world, and you can say you believe, you know, God, and you can, whatever, whatever faith that you have. But if you don't use it, then it is dead. And then in this step, I know that I had to pray, you know, a lot. I took my list, you know, from my resentment list on step four, and I went through that list with my sponsors. Now, I've done this twice, okay? And, um, you know, not every single solitary person on those lists, especially the first one that I did, I had to make amends to. And I'm just going to give you an example. Like if I hit Johnny in the head in third grade, you know, and that was the resentment that I had, I held, that doesn't mean I'm going to look up Johnny and I'm going to go to Johnny and make amends from third grade. But you know what? So we, we took down the people that we really, we made checklists next to the people, a check mark next to the people that I needed to make amends to. And I just want to share, too, that there's a prayer in here. Step 8 um, actually has two prayers, but on page 76, because we're not on page 83 yet, on page 76, the prayer is, if we haven't the will to do this, we ask until it comes. And so, to me, that's where my faith comes in, because, you know, if I didn't want to go to somebody and make amends, then, you know, I pray about it, and I ask God, you know, to help me with this. But when I made my amends, I was a little bit nervous, sure I was, and a little bit scared at times, but I have to say, my biggest and most heartful amends of all was to my mother and my father and I will never ever forget going to them I I remember calling them up because they live in Massachusetts and I said I'd like to come home there is something that I would like to um, you know to say to you to you and you know my mother and my father 
And I remember my mother thought, oh, my God, she's getting married. Yay. But that wasn't it at all. And I said, nope. <laughs> I'm not getting married. I just need to come home and I need to talk to you. And I did. And you know something? I am so happy because now my mother and my father are alive. And I did this when they were alive. And that just meant everything in the whole wide world to me. Because, um, you know, some of the things that I had to admit to, they were very hard. And it was so shameful to have to say this to my mother and my father, some of the things I said I had to say. And um, But you know what? At the end... They just loved me just the same. They didn't really quite understand why I was doing this. And that brings me to another point. Okay, thank you. Brings me to another point. A lot of people that you do go to, they they look at you and they say, well, geez, I don't remember that. You know, I, geez, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not remembering, you know, that. But it's our side of the street, like, was that was brought up. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, we just have to sweep off our side of the street. That's all that this is about. And I thank you so much, Pat. Thank you, Joanne Al. And next we have is Jackie B. Uh, yes, hi. This is ja- Good morning. This is Jackie B. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Okay, thank you, Santa. Thank you, everyone, for your service and all the shares. Um, Step nine, eight and nine um, are very important to me um, because the first time I did the steps, I guess I wasn't, and I did my amends. Uh, One parent was deceased at that time, and the other parent was alive, um, but it was a matter of forgiving him. And because I forgave him and um, accepted, uh, you know, the situation, I winded up having over, I would say, a good 20, 25 years of of a good relationship so that when he passed away just recently, um, out of all his seven children from different, different mothers, I was able to feel clear in my heart and my soul that I loved my father when he passed away. Um, and you can't, you can't buy that anywhere. Um, I also realized that today, um, regardless of where or when or how, it's important to make amends. I've been married 20 years to my husband, 25 years, and I had to make an amends to him just recently. And and I'm grateful because I had the clarity to do that. I think today our relationship is a lot better. Not great, but better because I see my part. And now I do uh, living amends. Uh, same thing with my 15-year-old. Um, I made an amends to her. And she was smart enough to tell me, well, Mom, what about this? And I could say, you know what, I see that. Thank you for letting me see that. And I was able to make an amends. My sister, I made two amends years ago and and recently. Um, And I I am so grateful because, you know what? Once I was willing, I was able to be free. And then my relationships now with them are a lot better than they ever were because I no longer hold those things that I thought were necessary to make me feel comfortable uh, part of our relationship. So that means that I can be honest, open, and willing when I deal with them. 
and that's a gift you can't get anywhere other than doing these amends and realizing it. It also, I realized that I didn't owe amends to people I've never harmed to them personally, but in my head I did. Uh, and that's why you need to do it with a sponsor, uh, someone other than myself, because I would have made amends to somebody who had no idea I felt those things for that person. So it, what, what I, my, my understanding is, is work the program the way it is mapped out in this book. Work it, do it, share it, and grow. Reminder. And that's what I get. Thank you. And with that, I pass. And thank you, Jackie B. And next we have is Marie V. Good morning. Marie V. Star one. This is Marie V. in Southern California. Good morning, everybody. Um, I wanted to share my experience with with making amends. I didn't know what I was going to get. I simply followed my sponsor's, very wise sponsor's advice, suggestions, and I did what he told me to do. And it was simply to, we went through the inventory, we went through the fifth step, and now we were looking at the amends step taking the action and going to those I had harmed. There was three outstandings. Uh, There was a few others, but three outstandings. The first one was my mother, second was my mother-in-law, and third was my son. My mother I harmed badly when I was out of my mind practicing my disease, and uh, I used to chase her out of my house, cursing her, telling her never to come back. I hated her. I didn't want her anywhere around me. Stay away from me. Leave me alone. And uh, one day she wound up in the hospital. I had to take her to emergency. And uh, she said, honey, I think I'm going to die. And I said, oh, no, you're not going to die. Inside thinking, she's too ornery to die. She's too mean to die. And she'll live forever. And when I went home that night, something inside said, she's going to die. What if she dies? Because I had refused to make amends to her. And something told me, you better clean your slate. You better do it. The next morning when I went to the hospital, I made amends to her. I told her how sorry I was for the way I had treated her all those years. And, of course, she responded beautifully. She accepted it. She said, honey, you have nothing to be sorry about. You have always been a good daughter for me. You, You have always been there for me when I needed you. He said, she said, if you treated me meanly, Chances are I probably had it coming. And that gave me great relief. The next morning she died. The second one was my mother-in-law. She never came to our wedding. And, of course, I hated her for it. And she was off my list forever. Years later, I discovered I, one of my wedding invitations, and I realized that I had left her name off the invitation because he, my husband had been raised by his father. 
once I discovered that, I went to her face to face, and I made amends to her for it. Gentle reminder. She didn't accept. She, okay, I'll, I'll close it up. You know, I made amends to her. She finally accepted it, and uh, we made peace. The third was my son, whom I hurt physically, emotionally, uh-huh. and I broke his spirit. Okay, I'll close up. The whole thing is that I didn't know what I was going to get out of it. What I got out of it was peace of mind. We are out of it time. It's worth making those amends. Thank you very much for allowing Thank me to you, share. Thank you. Thank you. We have come to the close of our meeting. Thank you. We're out of time. Thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for the second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for Monday, July 31st, 2017, 7 a.m. Eastern Time is 10222. 10222. We will now close with a reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Lisa B., please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only to keep us keep you until then. Good morning. This is Lisa B., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.